Despite AEW having their biggest show of the calendar year, WWE's Raw announced team has dominated the news cycle. Yesterday, WWE announced that Jimmy Smith is the new commentator for Monday Night Raw, and wrestling fans everywhere just said, Jimmy who? I'm Ryan Joy and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about Jimmy Smith and what he brings to the announce table. John DeConi's in the house, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for May 27, 2021, where we sort through the bullshit in pro wrestling news to find you the truth. Welcome, John. How are you? Not bad, sir. Not bad. Good morning. How about yourself? Very good. Very good. The news cycle has been dominated by Raw's announced team. They kicked out Adnan Verk. We talked about that yesterday. Spent the whole first half of the show talking about that. And the person they named is the biggest news story of today. Jimmy Smith is the new now announced team member for Monday Night Raw. He will be taking over on Monday. And John, were you surprised? Uh, Yeah, a little bit because he's been used on NXT in an analyst role. And I recognize his voice. I know him from Bellator a little bit, more than a little bit from Bellator. He was the guy in Bellator until UFC sent Goldberg packing and Bellator couldn't wait to snatch him up. So, yeah, I I thought he might be eased into NXT before any call up to Raw or SmackDown. So it, it took me a, it took me a bit by surprise. Yeah, this wouldn't be news if they just plopped in Tom Phillips or Vic Josephs or anything like that. Or even if it was Nigel McGuinness or any of those guys, like that's not news because those are well-known WWE guys. Jimmy Smith, he was on the pre-show for NXT Stand and Deliver, and he was in the uh, Prime Target video package for Balor and Cross. And aside from that's pretty much it. (laughs) Yeah, until Stand and Deliver, I didn't realize he was a a WWE employee. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like Adnan Verk, he does have some other jobs outside of WWE, including he's on SiriusXM's Unlocking the Cage. He hosts that. He's on ESPN's International's UFC Fight Camp show. So, those are his, like, other things. So, he's got other things like Adnan Verk did. You mentioned he he has done commentary before. He had that long run with Bellator. And then he had a one-year stint in UFC. At the end of that, they basically just decided that he was great. He was fantastic. They loved everything he did. But they're going with fighters. So they ousted him. So he had only signed a one-year contract with them because they really didn't know what they were doing after 2018. And after 2018, he was out. Now, he did have a little bit of overlap with Mauro Ranallo on Bellator. So... Maybe well, maybe he's learned a few things there. Hopefully, Ranello passed in the little binder of notes, and yeah. he's been well, studying he is, up ever since. He was a fighter himself, even though he only had uh, six professional fights. He is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, and that is the kind of thing that ta- it has nothing to do with commentary, but it takes dedication, and it often takes a decade or more to get that black belt. So it tells me he's the kind of guy who does his homework and puts in the work. So I have a good feeling about him. I'm not saying he's going to jump in and hit the ground running and be perfect and there won't be some stumbles. But uh, I remember in a SmackDown watch-along thread not too long ago, we were beating up Michael Cole for messing up a move. And the very next move, AJ Styles hit an Ushiguroshi. Yes. And you explained that in the comment. 
And I just remember my first reaction to that was the day Michael Cole utters the phrase Ushigoroshi, I will eat my hat. <laughs> Smith, however, being a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, I, there's a chance he will actually call the matches and call the moves. I at least have some optimism on that front. Yeah, and BJ is chiming in. Having a combat sports play-by-play -play is nice. Learning the wrestling lingo might be a fairly big challenge, but he does seem like someone who put the work in. Now, apparently, he has been a fan of wrestling in the past because he took to Twitter afterwards and said, uh, after the announcement, that is, and said, hey, guys, it's been a busy day. Apparently, WWE liked my work so far. I know I'm stepping into a new world. I was a Mr. Perfect and Bruiser Brody fanatic, however, but no, I'll do everything I can to honor the athletes and the fans. Watch Monday and judge my work for yourself. And I just want to say, don't worry, Jimmy Smith. The wrestling fans will definitely judge your work. But <laughs> you do not have to worry about that. Consider they don't know anything about you until now. They will definitely judge you based on how basically the first 10 minutes of Monday's broadcast goes. Yeah, so. and I, I would suggest not reading Twitter for the first couple of weeks if yeah. you have a fragile ego. Because there will be nothing good. <laughs> oh, and that's the advice from the uh, from the Daily Wrestling News show. Now, since I was perusing Mr. Smith's Twitter feed, I will bring us back to a tweet that he sent in 2019. I haven't watched pro wrestling since I was in grade school. The only thing that would bring me back would be Chal Sonnen as a manager in WWE. He would be the best heel mouthpiece since Bobby the Brain Heaton. So, I guess that tweet didn't age very well. Apparently something brought him back, maybe... Maybe in the dollar figures. <laughs> yeah, very likely. <laughs> <laughs> also, in my research, I found out, and this is just a fun fact about Jimmy Smith, that he is the proud eater of a Chipotle burrito that had 14 staples in it. Not for him. <laughs> necessarily <laughs> relevant to his commentary work, but that that's also news that you may have seen about Jimmy Smith in the last couple of years. If you remember, a UFC commentator bites into burrito that has a brick of staples in it as a headline. <laughs> your guy <laughs> uh, i just i hope his uh wwe career is different than his career had been to this point now he did like we said he did have that nice run in bellator but it seems like he's always the guy before the guy american ninja warrior and he was in there before uh they brought in the nfl star akbar he had a one-off i think with m1 global on a card that even though it featured team red devil Fedor Milenko did not fight on that card, so nobody outside of, I think it took place in Amsterdam, so nobody outside of Russia or Amsterdam watched that. He's the guy before the guy, and like I said, as soon as Mike Goldberg became available, Bellator snatched him up. That kind of sent the Jimmy Packin from Bellator, so hopefully he finds a home here. Like I said, I have some optimism that he will certainly be a better fit than Adnan Verk. But we'll see what happens. And uh, like I said, don't pay attention to the reviews the first couple of weeks. Just get your uh, get dig your heels in and uh, get ready to do the work. Absolutely. Now, Michael Cole is the guy who, I don't know if Michael Cole made the call, but Michael Cole has been an advocate for him. He's very high on him. So even though those roles that he had in UFC and Bellator, he was an analyst in both of those as well. He wasn't play-by-play. -play. But the fact that Michael Cole is endorsing him, I didn't see that same thing in the news about Adnan Verk that Michael Cole had stood up and said that Verk was going to be good. So hopefully that's a good sign. John, what do you think the trial run is on a WWE announcer? I know Verk got seven weeks, but I thought I think they made the decision a couple of weeks ago. So how much grace are they given? 
I hope they give him a couple of months. I mean, all right. I, I don't like to beat guys up on the way out the door, but Verk was really ungood. I, I don't think Jimmy Smith, even if he doesn't work out, I don't think it will be quite so glaring. So I would imagine he'd at least get a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. Unless he he really fails at the transitions and stuff like that. But I think that the things that we're talking about, he's got a combat sports background. Verk had a sports background. I don't know necessarily had a combat sports background. So I think that's a leg up for Jimmy Smith. And he was, a, you know, he was a wrestling fan. I hope that he's watched it since the Bruiser Brody days, though, because that was a long time ago. All right. So I think that that's our lead story for the day. We do have more stuff to get into, actually a whole bunch more stuff to get into, including it's Double or Nothing weekend coming up. So stick yeah. with us. But first, here's how you can support the Daily Wrestling News Show. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to BodySlamClothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, the show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeConi, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. Okay, and thanks everybody for listening to those, and do subscribe and purchase and watch all those fun things. And John Takani, I have an update on the... The Jimmy Smith story is really an update on yesterday's headline, right? Because yeah. it's a follow-on to the Adnan Verk getting let go story. But sure, I have updates on both our Monday and Tuesday main stories as well. Tuesday's our main story was Will Ospreay vacating the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Yes. And we have an update from Will Ospreay on his Twitter. He said that he had his physio pop over the house today. And after further digging, I'm now being referred for another MRI on my lower back as well for fears I may have the same issues in my neck. So things aren't looking good. He's determined to come back this year. He thanks us all for the support. But if Will Ospreay has an issue in his neck and in his lower back, I think he's going to be out for quite a long time. So I'm glad that he's took the time away and is getting whatever he needs to taken care of. Yeah, you don't want a guy like that coming back too soon because he's worried. Nah, I don't know that he's necessarily worried about his spot, but you don't want him coming back too soon and doing permanent damage that shortens his career. If he, if he winds up taking a year off 
to get fully healthy and be able to come back and work a full schedule. The roar when he comes back will be amazing. And I'd rather have a one-year hole in his career somewhere fairly early on, or let's say even in the middle, then he came back too soon and he was never the same again. It was interesting as you, you brought that up, he'd come back to a roar. It's really interesting that what one of the common things in pro wrestling booking is that you can only go so far as a baby face and then you plateau and then they turn you heel and you have this long time as heel. And it seems like wrestling fans just gather around the heels. And then when they turn back to baby face, then they can go up even higher. Sure. So Osprey's turn here wasn't really that long. It's only about a year at this point since he turned, even less really, because it was towards the end of the G1. But during that run, he got the world championship. I think people were behind him. Sure. Now he's gonna he's gone for a while. He comes back if he whether he comes back as a face or a heel. I think you're right. He's to to borrow his own theme music, he's elevated. So good luck to hopefully he gets back into 100% condition. Certainly works a very hard style and one for many years to come. So do take care of yourself and your mental health too. So I'm glad you're he's in the UK. Absolutely. And BJ chiming in with the face heel discussion makes sense because it's easier to be an interesting heel. Every face is basically the same at some point or at the early point. I think he's saying, actually, right now, all the faces seem to be the same, but yeah. it's true. You can differentiate yourself after a long heel run. So, yeah. Yeah. When you're a baby face, you're only interesting during the chase and you get very boring once you get to the top. Even though Bruno had the belt for 100 years and Hogan had it for essentially six, except for the year that Randy had it. But yeah, you're right. After you're on top, it's about establishing the heels to, to face you and to threaten you. Okay. WWE's return which was Monday's lead story. We've added three stops to their big summer tour. They're going to stop in Cleveland, Kansas City, and Minneapolis. That's for a SmackDown on July 23rd, a Raw on July 26th, and another SmackDown on July 30th. So starting to flush out these cities, everything seems to be Midwestern. So, uh, well, middle of the country. I shouldn't say Midwest. Sure. But no New York, New Jersey yet, John. Yeah, yeah, they're staying in the heartland where I guess the restrictions are a little less at the moment. On the coasts, we're still being a little wary. I'm sure we'll start to take it for granted, assuming the world doesn't go to hell in a handbasket again. By the start of the new year, we'll take the crowds for granted again. But, God, it's going to be so good to have those live audiences. So I don't care if it's Tulsa, Oklahoma, or somewhere in North Dakota. Just give me people in the building. Give me that reaction and give the wrestlers back that reaction. Because until the past year, you know, that was so much a part of the show. It'll be so good to have that back. We've said it a bunch of times. We really don't know who's popular right now. We don't even have merchandise sales. They have online merchandise sales to go by and stuff, but... We don't have any any real real live reactions to go by, and I think even though Roman is a heel and Bobby Lashley is a heel, they're the they're the top guys right now. Drew McIntyre maybe last this time last year, but I think Lashley is he might they might have to turn him face after they hear his reaction. <laughs> Good for him if that's the way it works out. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about this, right? He was not really a face before, but. He was only he could only go so far, and then he had this hurt business, this really nasty heel run, 
And now if they turn him face, I think he'll be enormous. Yeah. PW Insider also reported that WWE had all hands yesterday and everybody's going back to the offices in Stanford. So the office is open. Are you surprised, John, that in the first six cities, none of them were in Florida? It's not like they tapped out that market. They only yeah, have exactly. maybe they're maybe the idea is let's hit everywhere else in case everything goes to crap again and we've got to fall back on Florida. Let's leave Florida out of it. You know, we've got that ace in the hole that's in our back pocket. Let's try and hit everywhere else. Yeah, I, I thought for sure, because Tampa, that's northern Florida on the West Coast. Right. I thought they'd do a Miami or something with South Florida, but maybe right. they don't be copycat. That's where AEW went first. Yeah. But you're right. that I think that's a faithful audience that'll be there whenever you decide. Plus, there is only going to be so long before NXT announces that they're going to be there every week. So, sure. so we have that to look forward to in the state of Florida, or at least I do. So, <laughs> well, good for you. If you get to see some live NXT action, you'll be all the better for it. Absolutely. Let's be honest. That's the best of the three shows they're putting together every week. Yes. Although some people would say SmackDown is quite good. I do look forward to my Tuesday nights. I'm so glad it's on a different night than Dynamite now. I can really enjoy the two shows together or separate, I should say. <laughs> But speaking of Dynamite, it, like we mentioned, it's Double or Nothing weekend, big weekend. Eric Bischoff is going to be on Dynamite this Friday. This was announced yesterday. He is going to be hosting the Inner Circle Celebration. And Jericho and Bischoff, John, they have this love-hate relationship every time they're on the screen. It's hard to tell whether they're going to be best friends or, or enemies. Yeah, they, they seem to play it, whatever the script calls for. You know, Right now, they'll probably talk about how ah, they've been buddies for 20-plus years because the Inner Circle right now are the faces. And then they turn out to be the heels six months from now, and they bring Bischoff along. Him and Jericho verbally attack each other the second they get the mics in their hands because it just works. You have two guys that are great talkers. Of course, yeah. you want them at odds. You don't, It's not fun for them to be out there together. <laughs> <laughs> so AEW was also supposed to have tomorrow night on their show an announcement regarding the buy-in match for Double or Nothing we got that news early because a foreign language commentator accidentally leaked the picture early. Riho versus Serena Deeb with the NWA Women's World Championship on the line in the buy-in. I think this is a great match. I think this will okay. be a lot of fun. We haven't seen much of Riho in the last year. So this should be really fun. And there's they're sized closer together, right? These two women. Of course, everybody's about 100 pounds bigger than Riho. It's not like Rio versus Nyla Rose. Yeah, and we know we know Riho can go. We know Serena Deeb can go. So there's no reason to believe this won't be a fantastic buy-in match. Absolutely. So programming tonight, Dark Side of the Ring has their Ultimate Warrior show. Now, Dana Warrior, the Ultimate Warrior's uh, current wife, if he was still living, his last right. wife, she's already called the piece a smut piece. So she does. She is not in favor of this thing. I expect it to have a different tone than the A and E piece that we would have seen on Sunday. So it be it'll be interesting for people if they watch both to see how they're different. The person who is featured in this dark side piece is Warrior's ex-wife, the wife he had during the early WWF run when he was chasing Hogan. It'll be it'll just be interesting to see this different take and this different tone yeah. and if they focus heavily on the dark side part 
uh, yeah. as opposed to the redemption arc, which was the A&E piece. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure when you originally broke the news on when they had released six or eight of what Dark Side was going to cover this year, I'm sure I was excited that Warrior was in there, but I had only I had almost forgotten about it. I had forgotten about it. I'd yep. forgotten that he was going to be part of Dark Side of the Ring this year. And let's be honest, if Dana uh, Warrior hadn't come out to call it filth and smut in the past week, it might have aired tonight. And you know, people who were diehards, you know, like myself, it's on the DVR. I'm not going to miss it. I would have seen it. I might not have gotten to it for a week or so. But the fact that she piped up about it, I'm sure has made a lot of people go, ooh, okay, I just saw the A&E one. Now I'm going to make sure I tune in tonight and compare and contrast. And yes, I would say they will definitely have a different tone to them. At the very least, they won't whitewash over the part where Warrior went nuts for a year and became a racist, xenophobic a-hole. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get a little bit more into that. I was actually impressed to see that in the A&E bio at all, to be honest, because it was a WWE product. But I guess to ignore it would be to really ignore history. Exactly. And it's, it seemed like it was more of a vehicle for Dana to say, and I was really disappointed in him. Oh, shucks. And then we just move forward. Yeah. And it eventually results in the redemption arc. Okay. So that's tonight. Also, uh, Maserati is the latest person added to the Ring of Honor Women's World Title Tournament that'll be going on this summer. The field now includes Roxy, Angelina Love, Miranda Alizé, Trisha Dora, Allison Kay, and Maserati who lost to Angelina Love on last night's Ring of Honor Women's Wednesday show. Updated field, shaping out. Looks like it's probably going to be at least eight people. So um, hopefully they have something worked out where they can do the finals or they can at least have a match on their upcoming pay-per-view where they're going to have fans at July 11th. So I don't think they'll get the whole tournament in by then, but we'll see. Yeah, maybe we'll get the the two uh, semifinals and then they can have a face off with the two uh, finalists at the end of the show. Right. Yep. There you go. Cody Rhodes spoke to comicbook.com and said that he's 99% sure that the TNT title will remain the TNT title. I guess uh, we don't, and everybody's, everybody was thinking it's going to be the TBS title. Sounds like it's going to be the TNT title to, you know, harken back to TNT as the network they started on dynamite TNT all makes sense. So yeah, no worries. We don't have to worry about the lineage of the title being confusing or anything, at least not yet. Yeah, TNT is more than just the network. Okay, fine. Let's keep the name of the title. Now, he did say 99%, so there's a 1% chance that he's not right about this. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Ron Edwardson, who made the title, has already got a mock-up of the TBS belt, and he's just waiting for the tap on the shoulder to say, okay, go ahead. So. I would think that belt would not look as crisp. TNT, hard lines, no curves, right. looks nice. Yeah. TBS, lower case. <laughs> it would look like a cartoon, almost, yeah. like a cartoonish with the curves and stuff. But the aesthetics aside, they could do small letters if they needed to, whatever. Okay, so we've been talking about it for most of the show. It is Double or Nothing weekend. It is the biggest show of AEW's calendar year. Tony Khan has said on Twitter and other places, but he always does this, so I take it with a grain of salt. Every time they have a show, oh, it's our biggest show of the year, and expect surprises and things like that. But I guess, John, if I had to pin you down and tell me what's one surprise you think that's 
possible we could see this weekend. I think I said this on the EWP. My guess would be someone coming through the, the forbidden door. Mm-hmm. And it would be super if it was someone from Impact. I think it's probably more likely to be someone from New Japan. I don't know who because I'm not well steeped in NJPW knowledge, but I I think we get some surprise, but it doesn't necessarily upset because it's such a stacked card. There's not not really a need for dropping some huge person into a storyline here and doing anything crazy. This card more than stands on its own. BJ pipes in, Jake turns on Archer. Okay. People are saying this, and you know what? I think he might be. Now, I don't know if this is going to happen this weekend, but as a, in terms of a long-term story arc, Jake Roberts, there's nothing he can do that makes him a face, right? There's no possible way that he can, at this point in his career, with that really raspy voice that he has now, that he can be a face manager. And nor do faces usually have manager. And Lance Archer is definitely going that route. He's definitely going to be a face at some point here in the near future if he's not already yeah. So Jake is awkwardly there. So yes, I think I could see that. Do I think he's going to go manage Miro though? As that's the split. I don't see that. Miro's not going to have friends for a while. I don't. No, no. And he's actually very good on the mic. Miro crush type of phraseology. But, yeah. Every time he opens his mouth in the beginning of the statement, there's you, you, there's still that little bit of a language gap. Whatever. But by the end, he brings it around. The last couple times, with Darby, it was the man who's not afraid of dying versus yes. the man who's not afraid to kill him. And great uh, yeah, great line. And again, with Archer, it was, a, it was a little stumbly at the beginning between him and Archer. And then Miro brings it around to, I agree with you, everybody dies, but I insist that you go first. Or, again, a great line great to wrap it up with. Al Carl brought up on our roundtable, episode 100, our roundtable, he said he wants to see the war. And when we talk about surprises for this coming show, the go, whether you're talking about the go-home show on Friday or you're talking about the pay-per-view itself, I don't know because we haven't watched Impact tonight. Sammy Callahan's kicking off the show, whatever the case happens there. But wouldn't this be the great place for Impact to come together and say, we need to get that belt back? And they do, and they lead a charge. You could yeah. see the kind of, you know, if you, if you think of the imagery at Winter is Coming of, Don Callis and Kenny Omega taking the title and like running out the back door. Wouldn't this the reverse imagery be just as cool if you had Callahan and Moose and a bunch of other impact guys coming in the back door and coming through and walking past Tony Khan right out to the right out to the ring and doing something crazy? Let's get the war. Yeah. Hey, I'd be all for it. I once again looking at this card, I don't think it needs that, but yeah, I'm sure there'd be a hell of a pop for it. So absolutely, why not? And the interest. I think there would be so much interest if they did this on the go home. If they did it on the go home, and it was like that's how they left the show with AEW kind of like in shambles or whatever. That would just be so interesting leading into Sunday. Yeah, it's definitely got to up the buy rate. I saw Al Carl, I'm sure he was probably out doing something outside or whatever. He ran back to his laptop, I think, to write this comment. <laughs> Rohit would lead the charge, not Sammy. Well, that's if it's going to be an attack on Sting, because we all know that's where that's headed. That's the money. It's true. It, it changes where the attack comes. I'm sitting here thinking it's at the end with Kenny Omega and stuff. But no, maybe it's mid-show. 
Sting and Darby are facing off against Ethan Page. Oh, gosh, Ethan Page, there's an impact connection with Scorpio Sky, and then Rohit comes down. We are totally off track now. <laughs> <laughs> we have gone off-roading. <laughs> so I mentioned impact tonight. We do have Samuel Callahan kicking it off. We have a 10-women tag match, which includes everybody in the women's division except maybe Jordan Grace. By design, addresses impact. Satoshi Kojima debuts for that Forbidden Door is cracked open some more. Kojima will be on Impact tonight. So this is interesting. He is a two-time IWGP champion. He has a whole long list of credentials. He is like Yuji Nagata. He is in the dad uh, category, but just meaning he's at the tail end of his career. Not He's not like the upstart guy that's in the championship picture. He's well-credentialed, put together, but he's just not the top of the card. Sure. But he's a fine person to be, have around, and I think he'd be great to mentor some of these younger guys on Impact. And I'm really interested to see what they do with him for this taping, because they'll probably have at least three or four matches out of him, I would think. Yeah, well, I, just, I wonder where. Does he have a let's bow to each other, a very respectful match with Eddie Edwards, or do they throw him in the middle of some kind of storyline? He's certainly not going to come out. I think he's a, he is a bona fide heavyweight not a huge guy but he's not going to jump into the x division title picture so I'm, I'm very curious to see exactly what they do with him right now you bring up the x division the other match tonight is pd williams and josh alexander versus tjp and father ba and there's one thing i want to mention to everybody that fightful select has reported on multiple occasions at this point that there is a killer x division match that was in this most recent set of tapings that lasted an hour it's an Iron Man match, so whenever we hear, whenever they start advertising Iron Man match, just know that match is going to be absolutely insane, so do watch it. Sounds like that might be uh, Josh and TJP in the future. That would be crazy for an Iron Man, wouldn't it? That, that, you, that could be an Iron Man match, that could be an I Quit match, because they're both submission guys. That, oof, wow, yeah, that could be really good. Yes. NXT UK today, the only thing we've got so far is Nathan Frazier versus Shaw Samuels. SmackDown, we have the Usos versus the Street Profits. And Dynamite, which will be running up against SmackDown. There's a whole list of things going on there. Miro facing Dante Martin. Joey Janela versus Adam Page. I mentioned to John Smith yesterday that Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss are broken up. Jeremy Weeps. Yeah. We have the weigh-in for Cody and Anthony Agogo, Jake Cargill open challenge, Uno and Grayson versus Sky and Page, Orange Cassidy answers Kenny Omega. She does one-year celebration as well as the Inner Circle celebration. So tons going on there. And then double or nothing, staff card, big card. Any one match you're most looking forward to this weekend? I'm really – I'm. Miro and Lance Archer, we just got through talking about it. I picked Miro, and I think it would be insane to take the belt off of Miro this quickly, but I just have this thought in the back of my mind that I can't silence that they're shoehorning in a defense on Friday against Dante Martin, who I'm sure will have a very unfortunate work day on uh, Friday. Is that are they doing that just so that they don't have to say Miro never defended the belt? Because and again, if Archer fails again at taking this title, this will be his second shot at the TNT title. He had a shot at the world title. He's obviously on the up and come. He got the, the tap from Sting. Like you've got you've got everything you need here, buddy. Now just go make it happen. So 
what do you do with him if he doesn't take this title, even though I think it's too soon for him to take the title off of Miro. But I just can't silence that voice in the back of my head that says, wow, that's what, what is happening here? So I'm very interested in the outcome of that for that the match. Yeah, no, it's interesting. And just bringing up the comment that BJ made earlier about Jake yeah. turning on Archer. That could be a way that they get out of Archer. You know, Archer is protected here. Yeah. And maybe maybe what they do is maybe ultimately Archer does take the title off Miro, but he doesn't do it this weekend, and they build to a return down the road. Because yeah. the return, unlike many other shows we watch, the return won't be on Dynamite Wednesday or the next week or the next week. The return would be six weeks from now after they've continued their blood feud for a while. Yeah. I am interested in a lot of these matches as well. It's a stacked card. The Pinnacle versus Inner Circle Stadium Stampede. I liked the last one. I think this one's got to be wildly different. And they said there's going to be a live element to it. So I'm anxious to see if that's like going to open the show, going to close the show, what they're going to do with that. Because it's, it is a really interesting match. I like the idea that uh, was brought up earlier in the week on your show. I forget if it was you and Travis or you and... Uh, Al, for that matter, I don't remember who it was, but what if once again last you know last time it had five different segments? There was the in the ring segment, then the the hundred yards of uh, suplexes segment, the, the pool segment. It would actually be a lot of fun if maybe they, you know, they started it off, it took place, and they fought into an alleyway. They cut, went back to the ring, had a match. Yes. Gave them time to set up wherever they were going to do the next part of it in the stands. Then in between those matches, the cameras went back into the stadium. And, okay, here's another five, seven, eight, ten minutes back to a match in the ring. And they went back and forth to it five, six times during the broadcast because there certainly are enough matches on this card to drop that in between them. Makes you think of the Hollywood backlot crawl from 12, right? There you go. Yeah, where you where you had the core of the match and then you had you have seeing the Jeep chase scenes and then – ultimately ends in the ring so do we see sammy getting chased by a golf cart again that feels very yeah it feels very elite versus inner circle but maybe we see it if they see i could actually see it the other way around sammy sees a golf cart and he's like ah i i have a memory here of what this can do (laughs) sammy chasing down mjf in the golf cart i could definitely see that exactly all right other things on the card Kenny Omega versus Orange uh, Pac and probably Orange Cassidy. Right. Cody versus Anthony Agogo. Hangman Page versus Brian Cage. The Bucks versus A. Kingston and Moxley. Sheeta probably losing her title to Britt Baker. Sky and Page versus Sting and Darby. And Rio versus Deeb, which we mentioned earlier. I don't think Kenny's losing the title. I think Sheeta is losing the title. The only the one that has me like the most curious is the Bucks versus Kingston and Moxley. That one is. A little harder to call, but I think I'm leaning on the Bucks here. Yeah, yeah, I, I took the Bucks in our picks. Once it, I, I say this all the time, I wouldn't be shocked to see it go the other way. The Bucks are the heels. It's so there's so much easier to write an ending where they do something skullduggerous and come out on top. Yeah, a hundred percent agree with that. All right, John, I think we've covered the world of wrestling as pertains to today's news and the lineups for the rest of the week and the weekend. No show tomorrow. Anything else we missed? I think we've, we covered it all. Yeah. Yeah, we got uh, 
a heck of a weekend coming up. We've got a double dip on Friday, pay-per-view on Sunday. It's going to be a, an excellent weekend of wrestling. Yeah, happy Memorial Day to everybody, too. Just oh, so yeah. everybody knows, Sunday, we're going to have a post-show after the Double or Nothing show. And then no show on Monday. We are observing the holiday. There you go. And on this day in 1996, as we close out the show, I'll remind everybody that it has been all these many years. Scott Hall showed up on Monday Night Nitro for the first time and declared war. So this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for May 27th, 2021. See you.